Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. This is just one giant snark hunt, which is British for a giant waste of time. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 406, The Good Samaritan. It's made possible by the Tapestry of Security. For total wankers with Roy G. Biv clearance only. Pete, before we jump in, the reminder again, we are wrapping up our Luke Cage podcast. So if you're listening to this on the uh, Pop Culture Podcast feed, or if you're getting your Luke Cage on the Luke Cage podcast by Fantastic Geek feed, uh, why, let's see, a week from now, uh, assuming... There is still a United States of America. Uh, we will have uh, concluded the podcast for that show. Also want to note that uh, we, of course, will be, be discussing upcoming S.H.I.E.L.D. scheduling. And um, if you listen to the Pop Culture Podcast, we will be uh, plugging any potential holes which aren't Marvel with, uh, with some Star Trek good stuff. And of course, Pete, we have another podcast update to look forward to this weekend. We're taking it on the road. Where are we going? Doctor Strange. I've seen it. Matt hasn't. He will. We'll talk. Some fantastic early reviews there for Doctor Strange. So uh, can't wait to see it. And regarding Luke Cage, if you're uh, up to date with the podcast, great. If you haven't even watched that show, given that S.H.I.E.L.D. will not air another episode until November 29th, which means we're going to get all of two Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes in uh, November 2016, one on the first day and one on the penultimate day. So if you haven't started Luke Cage, you have the time now to do that and to hit our podcast up. When we catch you up on what went down, the teaser, Matt, Momentum Laboratories back in the day, which is what the cool kids say for a flashback oh that's robbie pulling into a parking spot no wait it's uncle eli he's back in the day too pete and uh he's there doing cross checks with lucy and joe pete is that a final breakthrough the secret sauce uh the secret sauce they've been missing here and uh no one seems to know anything about this including uh guy who's putting glasses on so that way his eyeballs can survive if there's a mishap uh they're not sure if they need uh more power once the uh, experiment's been conducted everybody seems to be okay though they take the little lid off the gizmo and they take the thing out with a pair of tweezers seems they've been able to store matter in a quantum state they call this a quantum power cell but Eli is just not sure how they made the leap. How'd they, how'd they get the secret sauce they had been missing? They could seemingly combine uh, compounds. They, they could create all sorts of things that could potentially end starvation. And as the champagne glasses uh, clink, it's just not adding up to old Uncle Eli here. There's more energy at the end than there is at the beginning. It violates, Matt, as you know, the first law of thermodynamics. 
Now, listen, a little tip to you listeners out there. If ever you're interested in making your own podcast, what you need to do is memorize all the laws of thermodynamics before anything else. It's a great mental exercise to both prep a new podcast. And Pete and I, every time we chant the laws of thermodynamics right before we record, the idea, Pete, that it's violating the first law of thermodynamics, that's just ridiculous. Unless, of course, we're talking black magic. Or zero matter for that matter. However, they've had help here, Lucy explains a book but uh the the book here uh joe is keeping for himself it's his book it's it's my precious <laughs> wow pete uh, long time listeners such as uh donna rosado will be so happy to hear that you just doubtless unintentionally made a reference to a modest group of movies called the lord of the rings trilogy there is proof you're 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 mistaken that was actually a reference to uh james franco's character uh in the interview (sighs) donna we'll keep we'll keep trying out there donna anyhow we get the title card pete we then get the present day denoted i believe as the present day and may uh enters the the uh location of the the labs finding that lucy has taken parts from the chamber she must be trying to unghost herself may enters the chamber giving me a heart attack giving most viewers a heart attack pete this sets up the first of three times in which someone enters the ghostly chamber and uh going with that old rule of three it shan't be may it shan't be the second person but as we will recap in a little while it'll be the third person Pete, your thoughts about this this ghostly opening? Yeah, well, Agent uh, May revealing that there are multiple agents down here, that Lucy Bauer was there. She's got a little bit of a grudge, certainly, with the ghost. Um, and uh, we see Fitz from a remote location, almost as if there's there's body cams at work here. Matt, I know that's a hot issue in some municipalities right now. Um that uh, it looks different, Fitz says, that uh, they've, they've done something they haven't done before here. Why did they take Eli? What's going on? He was a part of the original dream team that came up with this experiment that we saw in the teaser that Fitz and May did not get to see. The story moves to Robbie and Gabe's house where uh, young Gabe is calling into uh, the garage where Robbie works to see if he's there. Is, is, is he at work? Oh, he's not. No, he hasn't been around here lately. Uh, clearly a bit concerned in his brother's absence because I guess when you surreptitiously join S.H.I.E.L.D. for a couple of days, you, you don't leave a note. With that, knock, knock, knock. Who's there, Pete? That would be Daisy Johnson, given that she announces herself as Daisy Johnson. She's here. She's there. Okay. To take uh, Gabe to his brother. Uh, Who said anything, though, Matt, about a car? Insert jet whooshing sound in which the best effects of the jet are made in our imagination. We cut to a really long walk and talk scene. Some some camera work here. Two great Britishy actors doing their Britishy acting things. 
where uh, Simmons and Mace walk apparently the entire set of Shield HQ this way and that, bobbing about. Um, so impressive in its modesty. Um, and uh, she is uh, being told that she's being sent on a secret mission. Pete, it's not a secret mission for S.H.I.E.L.D., but rather for the United States government. A favor, even. And and we know from which, from whence this stems, Matt. His, of course, dialogue with uh, Senator Nadir um, and the disclosure that uh, a uh, not an inhuman, but a powered person who's a murderer in uh, the Ghost Rider um, is involved with S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Director Mace is hellbent with that disclosure on rooting him out. So let's get the uh, the leading expert of Inhumans, you know, elsewhere. And Pete, I, I do want to clarify actor Jason O'Mara, not British, but rather born in the British Isles, born in Sandy Cove, Dublin, in the in the Erie in Ireland, so uh, don't want to be mixing up my British Isles and my British people. But it's a new era here at, at Shield, Matt. That uh, director Mace stresses she's got to leave right away. There's a weariness that Simmons has for uh, her director here. She's been through the ringer, and uh, there's a quinjet for Mace. Uh, she's headed in a different direction, however, and he tries to send her off with the old team that trusts, but don't. Indeed, she's got to put on that hood in order to uh, hide the details of, uh, of where she's going, and indeed to hide the details for we, the audience, sneaky storytelling. Uh, back on Zephyr 1, Gabe is brought to Robbie, and uh, they're happy to see each other. Gabe has figured out Robbie's secret, the blood the knights, the awesome tech. He clearly is a secret agent, not a ghost, not something bad. Oh, boy. He, I, yeah, I, you know, most people figure when they find blood in the sink, my brother is a ghost. He's a bad, spooky ghost, right? The idea that he's, quote, not something bad, close quote, I just want to remind our listeners that this is actually an upgrade for this young actor from uh, the quality of writing on Fear of the Walking Dead. Boom! <laughs> Uh, Tio has been snatched. Uncle, uh, for those of us who don't speak Spanish, has been uh, snatched up from prison here. They're, they were worried that perhaps Gabe might have been snatched as well. We then move to the alternate lab that Lucy is creating. Not a redress of the other lab. Uh, Lucy is telling Eli that she can fix herself yeah, there's a teensy-weensy risk that thousands of other people will die. Not that she cares. Yeah, that the work failed before. Ah, it didn't fail, Matt. Chekhov's experiment, it was sabotaged. Uh, but if these numbers are, are wrong, like you said before, there, there are thousands of lives in the balance. Not their problem, though. Pete, the story is zipping along here, though. I wish we had some kind of uh, some kind of some kind of great thing with which to propel us to the first act break. And darn if we don't get it on Zephyr One. Mace is arriving, about to land. Coulson is harboring a fugitive, the fugitive Quake, and a powered person who can control fire. Prepare to be boarded. Act Two: Jeff, Phil, 
now that everybody knows each other by the first names, uh, Colson clarifies that uh, as a former director, he fully understands the day-to-day demands on Jeffrey Mace. And uh, that's why he's kind of surprised he's flown halfway around the world to catch up with him, you know, on a wild goose chase. Because there are no geese, Matt. They are hashtag goose free. No gooses, nor geeses, nor gosses shall be here. Meanwhile, downstairs, Mac gets Daisy and Robbie and Gabe into the uh, the containment box. Enough time to eject them. Uh, I thought that they were going to be ejected, but rather they are they are lowered down off screen, no less. That's how you save a couple of bucks with your practical effects. Um, and, and to be completely serious, the notion that we've seen this thing eject out of Zephyr 1 so many times does lead the audience to think that they're going to be ejected, and then you're like, how would that not be caught on radar? So it is a nice little little moment of tension with which to go hear from some other people. And hear about some other people, Matt. How about a little corporate synergy here from from the Disney empire they'll they'll go rogue here for a minute and talk about han solo rebels admiral akbar colson's a big admiral akbar fan um and i think he recognizes here it's a trap pete i was surprised that they didn't take an opportunity to really cross promote and talk about people like cassian andor and orson Cassian andor captain cassian andor and cheer it in we and a bunch of people <laughs> that I have no idea what they're you going have to no do. No idea, but you can buy the action figures for. <laughs> I Pete, it's been difficult to go to my uh, local big box. Um, I can't think of a way to say Target without saying Target. So Target, and and see that there's hey, there's a cool new shuttle that's called Kranique Shuttle, and I'm like ah, I must look away to remain spoiler free, but it does look cool. Let me put it on my Christmas list, but. Pete, they don't cross-promote about that. They talk about the old Star Wars, if you can imagine it. Pete, bottom line is this. Is it that Coulson sees himself as the Rebels and S.H.I.E.L.D. as the Empire? Mace chafes under the suggestion that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is the Empire here. They're protecting a killer, Matt. Um, In the containment chamber, Daisy assures Gabe that they're going to be okay. Uh, he's, he's rolling with this though. He understands the science of, of what's going on. He wants to know why they're in there though, what that's all about. And then the discussion flips to, uh, what had happened, uh, you know, back in the day. (gasps) Flashback to back in the day, Pete, those heady days way in the past of, late 2014 perhaps maybe even mid 2015 back in the day robbie is sneaking the charger out little gabe all adorable there walking his bicycle uh he's uh he's talking about all his science and learning and studying and stuff pete he's got such a bright future on those two legs and on that bicycle i'll even mention that his unbuttoned collar on his coat, it even looks like a big geeky bow tie, like one of those back in the day with, with, with knickerbocker shorts and, <laughs> and long socks, and, and y- you tie your books in a belt, pocket uh, protector, uh, uh, all of it. It's it's so back in the day, isn't it? 
and he wonders if his brother is racing again. However, uh, Robbie has come across a, I believe it's pronounced Matt Cholo, who he says is like an ATM. That means he's he's withdrawing money out of this this unnamed character. He uh, he won a thousand dollars from him racing last week, but uh, Gabe reminds him. You better be careful about those Fifth Street guys. You know, they're called locos for a reason. Yeah, the inclusion of easy-to-understand single Spanish words in this episode was perhaps a bit less um, authentic than two guys who speak Spanish speaking Spanish to each other, as we saw in the last episode. Um, There's got to be a a happy medium between like a scene and a half of entirely Spanish dialogue with subtitles uh, and, you know, cloying Cholo Loco. There you go. Hashtag that listeners. Hashtag Cholo Loco. (laughs) (laughs) Pete, I think that they're just trying to keep things caliente without being muy muy caliente. But Pete, most importantly, what's that behind them? Are they being trailed by, I use the Spanish, a van? <laughs> I believe it's L van, Matt. Back to the present day, Fitz is FaceTiming May about ghost stuff. And uh, a really fun scene as shield goons come in and, and sweep the room. And Pete, that's where Fitz declares it's a snark hunt. Yeah, after uh, yet another ghost joke, Matt. The the ghost last week was ghost toasted. Mm. Um, they have uh, been in the process here of trying to get an inventory of what was found. The snark hunt revealed here the giant waste of time. It's uh, power that uh, is the real subject here. They need more power. I ain't afraid of no ghost joke. Uh, anyhow, the search is then on to find a place which might supply more power. Back on Zephyr 1, on, on, the, on the little little dangly box beneath Zephyr 1, uh, Robbie blames himself for getting his brother hurt. And Pete, it reminds me of, of that night. Flashback. They talk about cars whoa, of whoa, racing. Whoa, flashback in the day. In the day, flashback yes. Flashback in the day. At night. <laughs> which is uh, just too much to put on on the on the superimposed flashback in the day at night gabe wonders why robbie didn't go back to school this is all in flashback now they're behind a van hey is that that van sure enough they get molotov cocktailed l van they get molotov cocktailed robbie zooms off you know the charger being really really fast the car is okay but then another faster car pulls up next to them they, they get sprayed with bullets. Pete, it looks like Gabe gets every one. This was conveniently mad after a big discussion about a, a, uh, a new project that T.O. has been working on. Uncle Eli has been acting different. That He's got a power mad boss. Uh, but as they get shot up, hit the guardrail and flip on a bridge that looks suspiciously like the exact bridge that season one episode 10 entitled Matt the bridge and a mid-season cliffhanger took place on with Colson um, flipped over here 
And uh, Robbie, uh, I'm sorry, Robbie Gabe explaining there that, uh, you know, he couldn't move. He saw Robbie. There was fire. He was sure he was dead. Was he? In fact, Pete, Robbie was dead. Act and... We come back from the break on Zephyr 1. Mac and Fitz cross paths. Uh, slightly weird blocking here because they kind of keep talking to each other as they keep walking away from each other slowly. Um, anyhow, Fitz mentions that they're, they, you know, are looking for ghost things and they can't find Simmons either. Uh, by the way, do you know where you know who and you know who are? Mac doesn't know. Pete but we get something else from that scene. We get a little flashback of our own in our hearts, Pete. That's, of course, one of several in this uh, episode, the first to the time frame of the 1940s and a company, little company, Matt, a, a startup, if you will, out there in the in the California days of uh, by the name of uh, Isodyne. Pete, that reminds me of something that was discussed in uh, the Agent Carter podcast by Fantastic Geek, which had a plot about that company. It did. It did indeed. Certainly the, the Agent Carter flashback was nice. I think that people who people who watched Agent Carter, people who miss Agent Carter, were saying, like, come on, we're talking about, like, ghost energy stuff. And it was nice, certainly, to circle back uh, to that regard. And, Pete, I want to remind everybody, because I was chided on twitter apparently i didn't do enough to help support agent carter you know watching it every week co-podcasting the show every week i was chided by the hashtag save agent carter people for using the hashtag renew agent carter because it makes a difference since she's employed full-time on another show as to which hashtag we use it really makes a difference for hales i'm sure Wow. Um, well, Matt, I'll break the tension here. What do you remember about the Fifth Street attack? Well, Pete, here's what I remember, okay? There was a good Samaritan, like the name of the episode. He was on a motorcycle. Pete, a motorcycle like the original Ghost Rider. He checks on the crash. He revives Gabe. He revives Robbie. And and then just gets on his motorcycle and leaves. And then Pete, in what I thought was was a, a surprising and a pleasant and, and an enjoyable turn, it turns out Gabe had it wrong. Let's replay that crash, Pete. Yeah, that is not what happened there. The first part about the fire, the chase, the shooting, that all happened. Uh, but Robbie knew, as he recaps, that he had screwed up here. And uh, the part he never told his brother is that when he was thrown, when he was ejected, he begged the universe. He, he, uh, he did everything he could. He swore he'd give anything to save his brother. Um, but uh, he didn't stop there. Then he hit the street and he died. He saw nothing. There was the darkness. And then he heard a voice. He said he wanted punishment. He was hoping for vengeance. And all of a sudden, he was alive. And uh, someone was there, all right, except Matt. It wasn't a good Samaritan. It was the devil, also known as El Diablo. Uh, 
really compelling scene here. The effects of Robbie being thrown out of the car, smashed against glass and steel in midair before he lands. Really, really fantastic effects. Um, I like that. I like that we get this connective tissue from the original Ghost Rider to the the, the more modern version. Um, that's... I think people were uh, a little over the top in expecting perhaps a cameo here. There's only one cage, Matt, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, the Luke Cage podcast by Fantastic Geek is is the place to catch him. Bottom line is this: whatever was inside the devil was passed onto Robbie. Uh, great effects here, I like the more classic skull version of OG Ghost Rider. Uh, then uh, Robbie bursting into flames. We see kind of the newer style there. And Gabe wonders if Robbie is a killer. Robbie says it's not himself. It's the thing inside him, Pete. Oh, all the tension. All the tension. There are a lot of possessed, uh, it's not me, it's the other guy in me that does the horrible thing, uh, people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, we've got the Hulk here. We've got Ghost Rider. It, it, it was a, it's been a little close in, in terms of the way, and, and granted, uh, Jed Whedon uh, is one of the showrunners here. Joss Whedon wrote uh, the first two Avengers films. So, okay, is, is one brother kind of referencing another brother's work at a wink and a nod? Sure. Um, it just feels a, a little too cutesy. Pete, is that you saying that, or is that the other guy? Regardless, <laughs> back we go to the present. Well, we've been in the present day, but back in the in the bay, uh, which of course is no way address of the bus re, bay. Not to be uh, confused with back in the day. Indeed, if they did a flashback in the bay, it would be the back in the day bay. Anyway, have to be on the bus though, and not on Zephyr One. That's right. Colson says that. Once and for all, these fugitives, these bad guys are not on the plane. <gasps> but Jeffrey Mace knows what it means to tell the truth. That's because they are under the plane and in the containment box. He's been here enough to know what the, the, the bay looks like with and without that containment box. The box is brought up. There they are, Pete. There they are. Ooh, Colson has been a naughty boy. Fitz interrupts them here and... Uh... As that's going on, um, Robbie is speaking through the containment uh, chamber there that uh, he wants to know, you know where my uncle is. Mace promises him that he will get a fair trial, but they're going to turn around here and go to HQ. With that, he begins pounding. Uh, Ghost Rider does on the door there. He transforms, but Fitz is completely confident given that they have their most advanced Hoosie Watts on the uh, containment chamber that he won't get through before he gets through as we end the act. Also the door uh, in no way moves significantly uh, on the first hit because it's in no way <laughs> a prop. And uh, somehow that movement didn't make it through the edit, thereby telling you that um, Gabriel Luna is a strong guy hitting a well-made but fallible uh, piece of painted wood or metal. But he gets out and his flame head is there and it's a great shot, handheld shot, with a special effects to end the act, as you said. 
Act four begins with shooting. Uh, Mace tangles with uh, Ghost Rider here. Coulson tries to stop them. And uh, it is Gabe who repeatedly yells for his brother to stop drawing his uh, look there as he's pounding uh, Jeffrey Mace uh, with punches. Um, Fitz tries to uh, bring a little levity to the situation with his uh, admonishment of the uh, tapestry of security, which uh, was only designed by a total wanker who just got beat up in front of them by the ghost, the ghost guy. But now that he's been able to locate someone who has a Roy G. Biv clearance, that is, of course, somebody with red, green and blue, Matt, to his spectrum of security. Uh, he explains that uh, Peggy Carter, hey, you remember her, right, Matt? Oh, I do. Uh, in the 1940s, that there is a dossier they're looking at there that references zero matter, dark energy, and brought to us by our good friends at the Roxxon Corporation, who also invite you to smoke when you use their fuel, because even doctors say Roxxon cigarettes can't cause cancer. <sighs> Have to mention here that the reverse change that we see uh, Ghost Rider turning into Robbie, uh, really, really solid effects there as as uh, flesh is built up, bone is built up, and then skin on top of that. Really just a, a stellar moment. Um, and uh, the story then checks in with Mace and Phil. Reminder that Robbie has to pay for his crimes, which the show does not gloss over the notion that Robbie did kill someone who had been fairly judged under the criminal justice system, which I think is particularly in Pete, what might be the final week of the Republic, the real Republic. There's a rule of law thing that, that Mace is stressing here, which I think is, uh, is on the one hand antithetical to, you know, the, the outlaw, uh, Coulson-led branch of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all of that, that that we, of course, sympathize with. But the point is not a bad one. However, Pete, today we will stick a pin in that because Robbie is the only one who can fight ghosts. So today's no, not mean, that day. We, we view Mace differently because he's working, Matt, with a Washington insider. <sighs> That's true. That's true. Pete, are you saying, Pete, that we need to drain the swamp? <laughs> uh <laughs> Can we get you on record right now as to whether you are pro or con swamp draining in the mcu i want to stress that in the mcu dc speaking of swamps the uh roxon corporation has a power plant next to a uh a dam there matt oh, pete no swearing <laughs> and uh joe uh, back in the day here, we, we find out that, uh, he was a, he was a genius, but Eli tried to, to warn him. Um, there's all sorts of tangling over that book. Uh, and Eli confides in Lucy that he's insane, this Joe. Uh, but, uh, Lucy maintains that, uh, Eli will just have to trust them. Um, but it's all about safety for Eli. These energy cells, they could kill them. He doesn't even know what this project's goal is anymore, Matt. So he can't like be the bad guy, right? Never. 
Uh, it's revealed for sure that Joe wants to be able to create matter from himself. Eli says it's from godlike. From nothing, even. Indeed. Eli says this is godlike, maybe devil-like. Eli wants to destroy the book, this book of such great contention. With that, we move to the present day. The Quinjet lands, and uh, May hops onto it. Pete, Daisy can't hack into this oldie-fashioned <sighs> power plant. It's pre-internet. What the what? What did they do in old-timey days there, Colson? But they need to rescue Eli nonetheless. Uh, Lucy confronts Robbie, um, brings up the uh, uh, the nephew there. Oh, you're the nephew Gabriel, like the angel. Pause, pause, pause. No, I'm the other one. And because an angel has been mentioned, Matt, we do not need to mention by name his street name, El Diablo. We get an act break. And, of course, Pete, we we entered the act break with Robbie starting to get fired up. So after the act break, he's less fired up. Uh, It's revealed that the gang that shot at them was there to kill Eli or something. But Robbie's less fired up. With that, Colson finds the book and gives it to May. Pete, if it's half as powerful as they say, it's got to go. So, of course, they give it to May, who then promptly marches right out of much of the story because it's another episode where May kind of does things unseen and comes in and then leaves to do things unseen. Bring, uh, bring Ming-Na Wen back, man. Get, get, get that going. We need more of her. But uh, Fitz needs to tell us this is bad. This is very bad. Mac wonders uh, if there's been a spell cast, but he has a possible solution here. Hey, Matt, remember that perpetual EMP thing from the episode in Miami that we saw at New York Comic Con? I do. That was a great episode that had so little to do with ghosts. And I think that uh, that thing is on the Zephyr 1 right now. So we should bring it down so we can use it. It's all connected. Uh, with that, we have Colson in the ghostly chambra. Uh, Pete, is he going to be turned into a ghost? No, he's traded. Uh, his place is traded with Uncle Eli. Closes the door. Uncle Eli wants to finish the job. Oh, snap, Pete. Eli wants to be a ghost, Pete. This is this is the most shocking reveal since Ward is Hydra, is it not? I wouldn't go that far, Matt. <laughs> what? Um, some of us knew all all along, but uh, the uh, the Lucy Robbie business uh, has consequences. Um, his uncle was the one who started this. It wasn't them. And we get the flashback here one more time back in the day. Uh, where are the others? Uh, they're dragged into the, the chamber there. And then back in present time, Matt, uh, Eli revealed as at least the, not the big bad, but possibly the intermediate bad. Um, uh, Ghost Rider gets rid of Lucy there, just like his uncle. Rather unceremoniously, by the way, you know, exit stage left Lucy. You've been burned away. Uh, with that, we have Eli setting the containment box or, 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 or the, the containment chamber 
uh, off. We have Coulson frantically unplugging. Fitz is not sure what's going on in in the the control room. Pete, the blast radius then hits. Pete, I can't go on. You have to take it from here. I'm far too sad because from what I've read on the internet, it's all over. They got to get out of there, Matt. You know, Fitz, Fitz is worried. He's got his hands up. There's this flash. Eli comes out of the chamber. Uh, suddenly, in his uh, his hand there, he's able to manipulate some kind of dark matter. But but where are Coulson and, and Fitz? They're not on my TV anymore. Oh, man, Pete. Who shall survive? We'll find out next week, right? If by next week you mean Tuesday, November 29th, as we record this on Wednesday, November 2nd. But but Pete, there, there's more episode, right? There's more Marvel after this. That's what the Clark Gregg said. There's no tag scene, Matt. Instead, I got to rewatch part of a scene from Doctor Strange. Oh, man. So, Pete, we're just left wondering who will survive. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. First up, Matt. Last time, Lucy Bauer. Indeed. Well, you say last time, Pete. I thought it was last time for Joe last time, but this time Joe had his last time. Anyhow, Lucy, <laughs> top of the list again for the second week here, continuing her her spectral badness. And uh, Pete, I, as somebody who I'm enjoying the enjoying the fast clip of this ghost story in its beginning, middle, and end, uh, I say adios, Lucy, um, because I would like to move on from the ghost stuff. How about director Jeffrey Mace here? We saw him meet with Senator Nadir last time, and now he's, you know, listen, he, is he of questionable motivation? Absolutely. We don't quite understand the dynamic of the relationship between him and, and Senator Nadir, but uh, he's he's trekking halfway around the world to to catch up with our clear protagonist. Matt puts him in an antagonistic position. He is a fun character because he's not clearly bad. Uh, in fact, if anything, we've seen him act uh, charismatic, uh, be improvisational. Um there's no denying that although we don't like the idea of our heroes being at different levels of security, um, there's the clear need on account of the the, the level system that existed, uh, existed under Hydra, and that didn't work. So I like that here we are six episodes in. He's a bad guy, but he's not a bad, bad guy yet. Heck of a fight between him and uh, Ghost Rider there. He was really taken in at the end. Matt, I sensed a little bit of hesitation that has even brought up some uh, some theories we'll talk about in a little bit. Ooh, I can't wait to hear about that. I read, you're talking about hesitation in the fight? Yes. I read it more as this is a guy who's not used to, or at least recently used to, getting the stuffing knocked out of him. Um, and here it is, it's happening and he's, you know, it's, it's, it's like this shock of, oh, someone who's more powerful than me, but I can't wait to dig into those theories in a minute. Lastly, uncle Eli here, our, our dear old T.O. Matt, he was the bad guy all along. T.O. has broken my Corazon here. 
I thought that he was a stand-up guy that was uh, that was washed up with the, the the badness of Lucy and Joe, but no, to find him to find him the true threat, it was uh, it it was legitimately not a twist I saw coming. But now that I think about it, doesn't Shield do twists all the time? So I should have seen it coming. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt is. Jeffrey Mace, indeed, an inhuman. Don't wait for the translation. Answer the question now. Well, I know that I know that that has perhaps been been uh, called into question. I see no evidence thus far, uh, particularly given that in in the MCU we have presumably way more inhumans than we have um, other powered people. Um, enhanced individuals, if you will. We know that, uh, for example, Iron Man, the suit, uh, Hulk with radiation, Thor, not of this world, um, Captain America, also science-based. Uh, presumably, we now have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of, of Inhumans out there. So I would put him in the Inhuman camp. However, Pete, it seems to me that if he wasn't an Inhuman, then you could get a really great flashback story that reveals the truth along with a twist that sounds like agents of shield to me sounds like a sweeps episode wow that could be fun maybe maybe february sweeps at this point regardless matt it's something that you know you you pick up on in the fight and really what have we seen out of him we've seen him lift another character which Hardly makes him inhuman, but I'm going to withhold further clarification on this point until our decrypted transmission segment, because we have some mail about this. Pete, we have not two main characters whose fates are left dangling, but rather three in that where is uh, Simmons off to? And then, Pete, the most popular theory amongst the S.H.I.E.L.D. Twitter sphere, did they kill off? Colson again and also is Fitstead. The number of times that uh Clark Gregg's character has been used as a cliffhanger in terms of his whereabouts. I I get it, but at the same time that he's missing, that uh Fitz is missing at the end of the episode. Uh we've seen this before, Matt, if you've seen Agent Carter that exposed to this type of stuff you can kind of go to an in-between place Ooh, n- neither right side up nor upside down <laughs> exactly okay so i would expect to see um will anytime soon and by will i don't mean uh the out of control cop who may or may not be playing nuke from the comics on uh jessica jones pete are you saying that if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s uh, renewal status is in question that it could be part of a hybrid miniseries, miniseries called Stranger S.H.I.E.L.D. in which Coulson is trapped in the Upside Down? Uh, I can confirm nor deny that. Let's check the wire. Matt, to the Fantastic Geek Facebook page and uh, Nick Schenkel writes in and he says can't wait 
to hear you and Matt's reactions to tonight. What a ride! Three exclamation points. I had been wondering who the devil would end up being. Sure didn't see it going this way. A moment's speculation. Is Director Mace really an inhuman? It seems that Senator Nadir didn't know he was inhuman, and as she has access to the registration, that would imply that he is either unregistered or not inhuman. What is his game, and when will we find out what is really going on with him? Uh, I have an answer to that last part. Not uh, Tuesday, November 8th. Not uh, Tuesday, November 15th. Not even the busiest travel day of the year, Tuesday, November 22nd. Well, I, I like that we're tugging on this thread because it's, it's an interesting one. And it would be a fun reveal if it's like, off comes his sweater vest to reveal. He's got himself a, a uh, you know, mechanical suit akin to that of Iron Man. Um, that could be fun. Uh, I, I kind of don't know what the other options would be unless we're going into the into the the deep comics roster there. But it's uh, been I, I should point out I'm not going to use the name for old uh, you know spoiler phobe across the mic from me, but it has actually been revealed in the press by no less than showrunners uh, Marissa Tancharone and Jed Wheaton, which comic character Jason O'Mara is indeed playing. Uh, I have made reference on the podcast, not in this episode, in previous episodes. Hidden spoils. Well, Pete, you mention on another topic, you mention uh, the fact that the show is uh, is uh, going to be off for the next couple of weeks. So we had a, uh, a tweet from Utsav Bansal, that's at a tangible mirage on Twitter, who said uh, AOS is going to return on November 29th. Wondering how soon after that they will have the mid-season break. And Pete, it's our bet that they're going to do three to four more episodes this fall. And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will come back uh, come back in the second half of January. I think that's when we're really going to see you know, a stretch of three to four episodes, then a break, and kind of all of that ahead of a... Uh, you know, some sort of final run where maybe the last uh, ten episodes air over the last nine weeks, that sort of thing. Listen, Matt, if if people had saved Agent Carter, um, you know, there there wouldn't need to be such fits and starts of, of Agents of Shield now. So, you know, yeah. The flip side is this. It's a little less palatable to we the audience to have breaks. But if that's what's working for ABC, if they want to throw on, you know, election night coverage followed by David Blaine magic special followed by whatever it is that they're going to run uh, on that, that third off week, whether it's a rerun or whatever it might be, if that works for them and if that's making money for them and that's all part of feeling like Thursday nights at 10, we have handled and let's continue to have it in, in the way it is this season. Let's, let's do it next season with more agents of shield. That's okay too. I'll, I'll take my breaks if that means the show can throw some reruns out there, make some ad money for free, and uh, and renew Agents of Shield since we didn't renew Agent Carter. The ratings were up for the first time all season last week. They rebounded from two consecutive point sevens to a point eight. 
As for this week's ratings, Matt, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has, again, pulled a point eight. So two, two sevens, pair of sevens, pair of eights here in four of the six episodes that have aired thus far. And uh, TV by the Numbers currently has it as a... Uh... As a, a, a toss-up between renewal and cancellation. It's a push. It is, and uh, its total average rating right now is a .88. Um, and that means that uh, got to keep it above a .7 uh, in order to... It being a, a, a random show, in order for it to finish the season, I think that uh, that extra factor of got to get to 88 episodes for syndication and resale purposes, all but guarantee... Um, completing to the end of the season, but want to get it over the 1.0 rating uh, for for um, a better shot at renewal. Um, continues to be really strong in uh, the live plus three and live plus seven ratings. So who knows? We'll see it in May for the nail-biting update. Real O'Neill's gets 12-episode uh, order. Update. Once upon a time. Renewed. Oh, and, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. news coming soon, so we can look forward to that some Friday in May. But let's take a deep breath. Let's keep watching live. Let's get our friends to watch live. And, uh, Pete, we will keep watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, Pete, of course, your adventures of watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and other shows and your observations about life, that can be found on Twitter. So how can people join you there? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 8,552 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast about all sorts of things, including your thoughts about Doctor Strange, which uh, we will be podcasting this weekend. Uh, you can get in touch with us under Fantastic Geek. That is Fantastic with the P-H. You can uh, go to fantasticgeek.com, fantasticgeek at gmail.com, fantasticgeek on Twitter and Instagram too. With that, Pete, is there anything else? Can people be in touch any more ways? Facebook.com forward slash fantasticgeek with the PH, all one word. Like it. You're plugged into everything we do. Every TV show in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Anytime there's a, a film uh, edition there and also a little thing called uh, the star trek discovery which uh, of course will be heating up as uh, we have some downtime for shield but of course wherever you're listening to this particular podcast episode whether it's on the agents of shield feed or the pop culture podcast feed we will be talking doctor strange soon hopefully it's a good movie pete and you don't have to bring any fire to it mine's worse <laughs>